I'm Chris Riley, editor of Sweet Code and founder of Fixate. I just so happen to like food and software, so I'm going to connect with developers and engineers at their favorite places to eat and chat about what it's like to build modern applications. This is Developers Eating the World. All right, episode nine of <laughs> Developers Eating the World. Um, we're here at Machete's Tequila and Tacos, right across from Union Station in downtown Denver. And I'm sitting with Crystal, and this was your choice. Yes, it was. Why'd you pick it? Because uh, I love tacos. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, you should have said yeah. I love tequila. Oh, I, I love tequila too, but I love tacos more. So I, <laughs> I knew I was at the right place when I walked up and the sign said, Soup of the Day, Tequila. Yeah. <laughs> and that's cool. So I'm uh, now I'm trying to figure out, they literally have a crazy menu. Yes. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to have. Tacos. And, <laughs> I and tacos. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be breaking some rule. Um, so that, as I was saying, when I grew up, so that's probably eight, 18 years ago was the last time I was in this area. Okay. Uh, grew up Centennial. Union Station was just a station and tracks. Now it's a ton of buildings. Yeah. I don't even know if the tracks are still used. Yes. They are? Yeah. Doesn't even look like... No problem. <laughs> Is the blood orange super sweet? I'm gonna try that. Any salt or sugar on the rim? I'll go with sugar. Seems more fitting. Can I grab an ID for me? Oh wow! I'm being carded. Nice. Just a Kona. Kona. Yeah. Any salt or sugar for you? Um, sugar. Sugar. You guys want to do any chips, salsa, or guac? Chips and salsa would be great. Yes. You work in downtown Denver. Yes. And what do you do? I am a uh, quality assurance engineer uh, for a company called Spruce Labs, um, and uh, I, I I just started <laughs> uh, about like three months ago, um, and they make kind of customer experience uh, okay. um, uh, software of the Spruce Bot. You know, it, right now um, it's in a couple of. Uh, um, locations and if you um, especially like uh, if you're in like um, kind of uh, salon type areas it's like booking and oh, like, okay. scheduling so retail yes re retail, yeah, front. retail uh, guest experience so you've been there for three months yes and both times I tried to arrange with you you've been in the <laughs> middle of a release <laughs> that is just me being <laughs> really you know kind of like being very hopeful of like you know, I, you know, my Fridays won't be, he you know, won't, get, won't be hectic. And then it's like, Fridays are, are hectic. But, you know, today I was like, I am keeping <laughs> my word. I am not rescheduling. So, Well, yes. I appreciate it. And But before that, you did a talk at um, Startup Weekend as well. I saw you on the calendar. Yes. I didn't end up going. I don't... My problem with Boulder Startup Weekend is it's all just sessions like spread out. Yes. <laughs> There's no really like networking. It yeah, it's kind of like, and it's all throughout like you know downtown Boulder, and it's. Uh, oh, right. Thank you. Whoa, different flavors. Yeah. So, um, I I had only I've only been there uh, to Boulder Startup Week twice. That was my second time going. Um, and, and and I honestly just went for the the panel that I was on because it's hard kind of 
you know, during the uh, middle of the day, going up to Boulder, <laughs> trying to catch all everything. So, but um, it was it was nice. I, I I felt a little out of my depth because everyone was, uh, you know, uh, probably more way more senior than me and uh, managing teams. And I have not really managed teams. I've managed myself being the solo QA uh, at a couple of at a couple of places. So it was kind of like, how do I inspire myself? <laughs> or just my people that I'm, you know, my coworkers and uh, people that I'm around. <laughs> well, I mean, in QA, you have to collaborate like crazy. Yes. Yeah. QA is one of those. Um, I actually got into it. Thank you. I got into it um, after being in journalism. I was kind of working. Uh, I, I had worked at the Rocky Mountain News. Oh. And I, really? <laughs> yes. Wow. Nice. Um, and I was I was there almost a full year when it uh, when it went when it closed. And so and I was in the interactive department. Um, as a uh, assistive interactive producer and I kind of I was like well journalism is I don't know if that's a good bet anymore even though I really like I enjoyed what I was doing so I was like how about I keep doing the, the tech part of it and uh, you know somewhere else in another industry and then I kind of from there took a journey as a freelancer doing kind of web content and um, some junior kind of front-end uh, front work. And then I got to the point where I was like, well, where is this going? What am I, what, am, what should I do next? And um, I had a, a friend, a former coworker, who I also worked with at the, at the Rocky, was uh, working at a uh, software uh, company downtown. And he was like, well, we, need, we have a need for a QA position on our team. And he's like, I think, you know, with you know with your background qa sounds like a good you know thing um you what know, is your background what does that mean <laughs> you know, I just, just well just kind of just like yeah, being a in journalism you kind of you know you learn about the who what when where and why and yeah, how right and so you're 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 constantly you're investigating you're trying to right. figure out like right. why a situation you know you know how it happened you know you know what you know what's going on now what it what can it lead to and i think as a as a qa as a tester it it meshes perfectly so um yeah and i started you know i started um doing qa uh, at ping identity um, um just a couple blocks from here um, and 2013 and i've pretty much been in qa ever since um or QA related, uh, doing accessibility, which is kind of something I'm really uh, passionate about and okay. really like fo focused on. So, yeah, I, I love QA. Um, it gets a bad rap um, every now. <laughs> yeah, it still does, unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I think but. it's I think it's changing. I mean, I think hopefully developers understand that it's much better that they're their issues get caught before production <laughs> yeah. than after. It's, especially with automation, and I, I think, you know, in the past, QA was kind of, it was always isolated. It was like, you right. know, it was the team in the basement 
that he would throw things to. And it's like, and they would come back and say, this is all broken. And it's like, whatever. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, yeah, what? Deal with yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. Deal with it. And then it was that, that super separation, which didn't help. And, you know, companies were always, you know, it, it didn't help quality. No. It pushed out bad, you know, bad user experiences, bad quality software, bad, bad applications. And, you know, now, you know, we're, you're getting into, you know, the sitting of testing and QA and, and also like along with DevOps in integrated like software teams, which is what I really truly believe. Um, and also going away from 100% like, you know, especially like some, a lot of uh, enterprise companies where in the past they had, you know, they did have their testers, uh, not their, well, their d developers, you know, when companies did practice doing unit tests, and then your um, your QA teams doing all manual or kind of manually uh, automated assistive manual testing, and now you're starting to get Q uh, QAs and testers who are you know. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I'm gonna get three tacos. Do you know what you want? Yes. Because you're a pro. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I agree. DevOps is, that, that mindset has changed a lot. And I also think that as more and more developers embrace full stack, they become more open to the idea that we're a team, you're not just telling me what's wrong with my code, yes. you're helping me. Yeah, like that's the thing of, it brings me, like I, it brings me no joy to be like, hey, what you just push <laughs> to, to, to QA is all fucked up. <laughs> I, you know, I don't get, you know, my thing is like, we're a, a team. It's not a, you know, me against you or, a, you know, us against them. It's really about like quality is shared throughout the right. company. It's, you know, one team shouldn't own quality and um, one team shouldn't have to be the harbinger of, uh, enforcement when it comes to making good applications and good software so you know the more that you know teams are kind of uh, integrated the better I I don't you know I know a lot of full stack people like my husband's full stack um, I do I so I, your I husband's of, a developer yes he is, he is uh, I wonder what what sort of arguments that creates. <laughs> Any, actually, anytime you have an argument, just look at his code and say, "All right, this is all shit." We once had a fight about JavaScript. It was and it was mainly our. It, there was a snowstorm a couple years back, and our um, the electricity went out, and then he started reading from a JavaScript book, and I, I forget the particulars of it. But we just ended up like arguing in the dark about <laughs> JavaScript until until the lights came back on. I the the funny thing is we really do not fight mo like about like development stuff. I think we're kind of in sync on that. He's uh, uh he actually kind of got his start in uh um, in QA too, but kind of way more. He has a degree in mathematics and philosophy and so philosophy. He, yeah 
so he was, you know, it it does uh, it it pays off, and I get to ask him these uh, off the wall questions at home, and uh, he'll go into sometimes too much detail <laughs> about things, but. <laughs> well, I'm interviewing him next, so <laughs> oh, let <man>. him know. <laughs> are, are you ready for like five hours? <laughs> the, the super... <laughs> we'll, we'll condense it. <laughs> no, he's great. Um, I, and I know I am jumping, you know, I'm jumping everywhere. That's I'm in, me. I, I'm in testing mode right now. <laughs> like, I've been, I was doing a lot of kind of... Uh, <laughs> I, I'm in the middle of doing some regression testing, so I'm kind of like. You have you have tester brain. <laughs> yeah, I have tester brain right what, now. What happens when you add a margarita <laughs> to tester brain? Uh, honestly, we'll, I'm hoping it slows you down. Or we'll I'll find just, out. Yeah, or I, I'm like, okay, give me 15 minutes to take a cat nap. <laughs> <laughs> how, how old is Spruce Labs? Uh, Spruce Labs was start in. 2016. Oh man. So like, two. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that that played into the culture though? Uh, Did it allow the culture to be this environment that's more collaboration oriented? I, I think so. Like the people there are really, you know, you know, going into it's. I think it's actually my first real startup, and I I like you know the, everyone comes from you know pat you know companies. Uh, you know, past like pretty big, you know, companies, and I think they under, you know, they all understand that that you know how if you don't collab, you know, collaborate well, how it can really hinder you from really getting things out there. So the collaboration, I have been so, you know, it's like, I, and I'm not just playing this up. You got you listening in the, in the future. I'm not just playing this up. To, be like, look, I talk good about you. I really, I, I really feel that everyone can, you know I'm working with really understands like we're here to provide a just a, a, a great experience for the people who are using our product and um, and you know collaborating and really listening to each other and you know giving good critiques and you know um, you know not you know not untactful or you know kind of con giving constructive you know critiques is good not just trying to tear t uh, people down because I've right. you know there's teams that are like that where you know it's like clawing and like you know where it's like I need to show how um, experienced I am and how knowledgeable I am by show pointing out any minor mistake you do or anything that I feel I would do different even if it's it goes against what you know what's the best for the team or the best for the product to show that knowledge and I've really liked being a part of a team where that's not you know it's like what is best for the team what is best for the product what is best for um, the, the, the people the, uh, that are going to be using our you know I mean to get philosophical um, it, 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 you know, everybody talks about like it, it needs to impact the bottom line. It needs to impact the bottom line. Well, the the savvy millennial software consumer can smell from a mile away bad software. They know exactly what's good, what's not good. They don't know why, but they can tell good code from bad code. 
And so that's a very, I mean, that's a huge deal. Like right now for me, when I open up Nextdoor, I'm like, I kind of have to use Nextdoor because it's the it's, it's social neighborhood drama app. That's all I got. But it sucks. I mean, it sucks. And you, you know, and you know their software testing sucks too because of the amount of fake profiles that are on there. So... Yeah, it's, it, it, it does surprise me the amount, like, when it, especially when it comes to, um, when it comes to testing, like, I, I know there's a lot of um, beliefs out there where it's like, you know, some people believe that, you know, you don't really need QA and, and testers anymore because automation is, you know, can cover everything. You can, you have your, your, dev- oh, no. and, and I, I think automation is, great because it does like if you're uh, you know that's something that I'm preparing you know ramping up right now to get automation uh, like you know coming in and and you know building up that automation uh, process because it, it, it does help you like help you as a QA as a you know solo or even just you know if you have 20 people to not you know do this monotonous you know uh, testing of the sections of functionality that you waste time doing because it's something that never changes it's not dynamic so why are you doing why are you wasting your time doing that but when it comes to certain things like especially with accessibility sex accessibility is not something that you can completely automate um, given the um, right. what you're trying to do and that is um, make your application your your website accessible to, uh, to, um, to people with disabilities who are using assistive um, devices and the way the device assistive devices are right now you can't you know you can't just uh, you know tap in, you know do API tests and you know or or whatever you do need to, you know, especially people who are, who have those disabilities and who have used that software, um, you know, not just because they're, they're a tester, because they are someone who depends on that, testing this to see, you know, is this accessible? Is this gonna, you know, because ultimately, when you make, you know, your, your, your applications, you want everybody that wants to use them to use them. And uh, you can't just leave it up to automation just because, well, that's the, that, you know, that, that costs the least. You have to do what is best for your customers. And I'm not saying, you know, throw it, you know, like spend money wantonly all over the place. But if you're, and I, and I know it sounds a little naive, if you're not in, if you're not in the game to put out the best software and applications that you can, then why are you here? Well, and I know people are like to make money, and I yes, I know that. <laughs> yeah, but but best having good applications is making money. money that yeah. is why everybody has software. Software yeah. is eating the world. I mean that there's a reason that quote um, has stuck. Um, yeah, I, I mean, even the top automation vendors, like companies like Sauce Labs, will tell you they're not there to replace QA. They yeah. will tell you that QA, you have such a unique perspective on the human element of how applications are test, tested. And um, I did another interview 
at SauceCon just on this topic, you can't you can't replace that. And there's yeah. a strategy element, you can't replace yeah. that. And if you can spend more time on those things that are much more challenging and and sometimes feel purely theoretical but are, are very challenging, then that's how you get ahead, yes. I think. Um, and, and even with like QA, you're not replacing the users either. Like testers are not users. And so I will, even though you have like personas and, you know, and like user cases and, you know, whatever the, the documentation, you know, that's written down, at the end of the day, you can be someone that works for a company that uses your own soft, your software, but you're not the collective user. Uh, and I see myself as someone who is trying to make sure that out of the box, that things, you know, if they're going to use it, the like just kind of base, you know, like right out of the box in a very basic way that's been, you know, documented, that they have a great experience. Also, to try to think of things of, you know, those edge cases and corner cases and all kinds of cases you know to try to predict those but again you know users and customers are are you know they are they're unique and they're all unique and they all they're also are, humans yeah yeah and they're also right? if humans you, if you try to take the human aspect out <laughs> yeah. of it then you're totally neglecting your user in a way because yeah. they're not computers if if, it, if all your users were bots <laughs> yeah, then, then like, yeah then yeah. fine you know and that's what service virtualization is and all that stuff and in the world of apis maybe but when you actually have a user at the under other end of your application then the person testing also needs to understand that element Yes. And that's complex. You almost <laughs> need a psychology degree. <laughs> I, I, I have known some uh, testers who, who come from that, uh, that type I of get thing. the journalism <laughs> yeah. um, connection, though. I do. Yeah, it's, I, that's why I think I, I've stayed into it. And I, I, you know, even as I've, you know, thought about, like, going away um, from, you know, from QA, I'm drawn back to it because I do like that that kind of that's yes. thank you nice wow these look great <laughs> i'm always leery about seafood in colorado but um so like i guess i should kind of go back like i how i got into tech is slightly it's i think it's you you're a nerd <laughs> yeah, it, yeah admit I it. you're I, a nerd i've always been a nerd but i was like the bookish nerd I was the kid like that was always uh, like I always had a book. I always had multiple books. <laughs> so I had a book in my hand. I had like two or three books as backup because I used to read really, really fast. So I used to get distressed if I didn't have, you know, multiple books just in case I ran out and like I finished the book that I was currently reading. And um, I wanted to go into medicine. I more specifically, I wanted to go into pathology because I read uh, The Hot Zone <laughs> and I was fascinated with uh, Ebola and, okay. <laughs> and I was like, All that right. sounds awesome where other people... Well, <laughs> Ebola doesn't sound awesome. Yeah, like, I know, it, that doesn't sound awesome, but like, the book, like, 
piqued my interest. I was like, that's what I want to do. And so I ended up coming to see you um, uh, from the from St. Louis, the St. Louis area. I lived in, I was, uh, I'm from a, a town in Southern Illinois that's kind of a suburb of St. Louis. So I came out uh, here, uh, started uh, a biology degree and realized college was not for me. <laughs> so I, I dropped out multiple times uh, just because, you know, I just, I really tried, but I hated being in the class. I hate it. Like, I loved reading. I like, I love doing the reading. I love research. I loved all that, but I just couldn't take the, the pressure and class anxiety. And I, didn't know at the time that I had, uh, so, like, I was diagnosed with social anxiety disorder. And so I would just, you know, like, freak out. But I would still do the assignments. I would just never turn them in. So I kept dro dropping out. But one thing that was a constant was computers and, and like, um, and the Internet. I got my first uh, computer when I was, uh, um, though I had used computers before in, in high school, but it was only to like check my email and I barely knew how to do that. But I got my first computer in the dorms at CU uh, and it was from, what is that gateway? The, the, they had the bomb, yeah. Oh yeah. God. <laughs> I, I'm old, so this was like no. 19, 1999. I'm picturing the gateway commercials with the cow. Yeah, I remember it, like, getting, the, like, getting delivered, having this cow box in the thing and I'm like, Oh man, I'm gonna surf the that, web now. That was the end of Gateway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh wow. But, but um, I would not go to class, and I would just like just mess around on my computer. I remember making tons of sites on GeoCities, <laughs> being like, but and getting frustrated because I was like, well, I don't want to do all the, you know, like I don't want to use their WYSIWYG. I want to, you know, I want to do all this custom stuff. And so from there, I, I would, you know, do that, not go to class. And then eventually I got kicked out. <laughs> and then I went to Metro, and I came to Metro State to do journalism. And it was still, I was just not getting it. And then I ended up uh, leaving and going, and I became the web editor uh, at Westward for oh, a few wow. months. <laughs> I have been... I had been freelancing for them, writing some articles, and I became their web editor just because I was like, well, I know, I know a little bit of Flash. <laughs> and I was like, I can do that. And it was way over my head. They ended up letting me go. Um, and, you know, and then from there, I ended up at the Rocky, and as I said, so that's how I got into tech. Tech so was always You were there. always tech. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's kind of one of those things I've always, only to very recently, I just thought, well, I'm not that technical. I don't have a CS degree. I, you know, I'm, you Listen, know, my, <laughs> my CS degree was all theoretical. I mean, I love it. I'm a great architect. I'm a shitty coder. A shitty coder. <laughs> and, yeah, I can architect applications. I can talk about database data structures and all that good stuff great coding love it like crazy but it doesn't do anything for tactics it doesn't do anything for the real world and you know I think that that's kind of a dis disservice the quote-unquote CS degree is doing for a lot of search well that's really cool I mean I think you are a techie you were born a techie 
like I. And you just had to acknowledge it at some point. Yeah, I. I was actually telling someone um, a story from when I was like ten. My mom wanted me to learn how to type, so she got this like word processor, electric, electric typewriter, and so she was like, "You're gonna learn how to type." I'm like, "Okay, whatever. I can write. I can write poems and stuff. I'll learn how to type." And so, but this, what she got had a program to learn basic on it oh nice and i was like what is this i can pick games on this like little basic games and are you a gamer <laughs> a little Please tell me you're a gamer i i mean if you call just playing having skyrim on every uh platform okay. <laughs> i'm a gamer but like i yeah, so like I, she came back um, like a couple weeks later and she's like, show me how fast you type. And I was like in pecking. And I was like, but I was like, let me show you what I created with, like, with, with, this, with this wonderful, wonderful game called Basic. <laughs> she was not pleased because she spent a bunch of money on it. And I was like, I was like, Basic. That's crazy. Yeah, I learned basic on the Commodore. But I think I really got into programming with my TI-92. And the, and the shit you could do with the TI-92 was awesome. I, I did not have like a cool calculator um, growing up. It was always like uh, the little ones like, I don't know, they would like give you for like a like a promotion or something and I would look at like the people around me and I'm like man they're playing Snake I want to play Snake <laughs> Snake was awesome <laughs> I'm like I want to play Snake you can't but I can say hello or as one kid showed me it's like you can you can write boobs on it <laughs> I'm like hey dude that's no <laughs> that's <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your stack like the technologies you do use for automation or so, just to do your job? For me, I am right now, I am mostly manual. Mainly because I've actually been trying to get more into all, like automation. Mm -hmm. This is the first place where I feel like I actually, I, I actually have a chance to do it. Um, so the first, I can tell you about the first time I went, <laughs> I, I, did automation, which was uh, was my first uh, QA job, and I was trying to learn QA along with, like just along with everything, um, and they use Java. I have no Java experience whatsoever, so I was under the assumption that I had to use Java and automate it. My test. So I remember grabbing the book uh, uh, Java for testers and being like, okay, and then reading the Selenium <laughs> documentation and being like, okay, let's, let's do this. And I, I was very lucky because my team um, at the time really did help me. And you know, and, uh, and I was- You already know basic. You can do Selenium. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now JavaScript's a different story. <laughs> yeah, but it was like I I don't even want to see any of those tests that I made because they probably would I would be so ashamed of them. 
because I, I, but I love the, the, the developers on my team really did help me out and they gave me a, a good kind of frame, you know, framework. Awesome. They're like, and so they were like, here's JUnit, kind of did a crash course in the basics and they're like, here, you know, start out here. And I kind of took it and ran and messed up their beautiful work. But that was kind of my first uh, um, kind of taste of automation. And it was really hard. It's been really hard to break into automation when you've been mostly manual. I think there's a lot, there's a, as we talk, there's an assumption that, you know, testers are not technical. And that is fur, like further from the truth. I am someone, you know, who, you know, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm not going to say I'm the greatest coder out there, but I am definitely, I'm not going to look at, you know, code and be like, what is going on? I mean, you know, it'll take me a little bit to figure out, but that's been kind of my journey has been like to get to a place where I can start doing more coding and more automation. I, I definitely don't want to get, you know, I don't want to get rid of, rid of the manual because I feel that's very important, especially with being, uh, um, I, how I'm focused with accessibility. Um, but yeah, so right now my stack is really, uh, um, you know, I'm focusing on, you know, it's probably gonna be, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's like, I, you know, it's like what, it's more so of like, what should my stack be? So I'm opening up and I was like, should, you know, do, should I Python? Should it be, you know, should it be, you know, what, like what, and I have that flexibility because, cool. you know, to, to be able to ask these questions, like, um, and not, you know, and it's also not just like, what do I want to do? Cause that's all meant, but it's also what's best, for, you know, for, you know, for my company for, to make sure that, you know, I'm not just kind of spinning my wheels and stuff. So that's kind of my question of like, I, I'm mostly manual. I'm finally jumping into automation and I'm excited. And I am kind of in this part of like, what should it be? <laughs> well, you know, are you familiar with the um, uh, Selenium IDE? Yeah. So Apply Tools revitalized that project. Oh, and it's really solid and, and I a lot of testers that's how they learned Selenium was just through the Selenium yeah, ID. Yeah, I, I used it uh, yeah, wait like I I did try to um, way back when like yeah, 2013 I used it tried to import the test into to Java and um, and I found out that wasn't good enough, and that's why I kind of like. And then I was like, I'm gonna have to do more than this because you just can't record these tests, import them into uh, <laughs> into Java, and then hope they run in your CI. <laughs> and so, um, but that's, that's always kind of the case with WYSIWYG, like you said with GeoCities, <laughs> WYSIWYG editors. It's like they still are creating an approximation. It's true with the low-code solutions too. Yeah. Like it, at the end of the day, it's still kind of an approximation. You have to get in there, but it's a great way to learn. I know, right? I have yeah. a, I actually have a little Selenium pet project I want to get done. Um, I fantasize that I'm going to be able to do it myself, but I know I'm not going to. <laughs> you can totally do it. Like I'm of that, you know, I. I have to believe that because I have a GitHub full of like unfinished projects, and I have to believe that I can do I can do this. <laughs> I have, otherwise, I'm just 
Well, I think that's the thing is you have the drive and listen, like every software developer out there is re-educating themselves every day. So there's there's no reason not to. I mean, there's languages out there like Clojure. What was the other? Like it keeps on changing Ruby. That's really hard for me because I started as a Java developer went into .NET, that was very easy, intuitive, and then this thing called Ruby came out, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's the thing, there's such a fatigue about, and then especially with JavaScript, and all the d different, like, um, you know, like, frameworks and, like, things out there, because I, I remember when when I first kind of started out, I and I feel kind of like, oh, I should have went with my first thought, People are like, you don't need to learn vanilla JavaScript. Just learn jQuery. Just learn jQuery enough. And then I was like, okay. And then, and you know, it's <laughs> yeah, it's React. And, um, you know, and then before that, it was Angular. And, you know, right now, you know, depending on where you are, Vue is coming, uh, coming oh, yeah. up. Um, and then who knows what's going to be in like two weeks. <laughs> Yeah. It kind of drives me nuts, the chase. Like, I still really like PHP. I think it does its job. It's fine. It's, I don't that. know. People keep, people, when you say PHP, uh, PHP, people automatically assume, it's like, so, where's where's your um, gallery of WordPress sites that you've made? And, and you know, and it's, and I, PHP has gotten a bad rap because of, of, of WordPress. Like, I started to learn a little bit. I did it in, Internship, like a Drupal internship. It oh, was God. like, it was like, you learned Drupal, and, and so <laughs> I learned enough PHP to be dangerous <laughs> and mess up. So if you, I worked on the Boulder Housing Partners website way back when. So I'm like, hopefully they. <laughs> no, no, no. I, but I, I, I helped out with that, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, like I, it's it's so funny like how, like with languages and how uh, clickish people can be about, they're like, yeah. no, this is the best language and nothing compares to it. You know, I just want- That's kind of the techie persona though. Like if, if you're a techie and you vetted something, you think that you have done all that you need to do to properly vet <laughs> that technology. I, I just want to like a, Pascal or, or Cobol or Fortran and be like, no, none of you. <laughs> it still exists. Yeah. Like, we, we just did a project with um, where we did content um, with ZOS, which is the open source distribution that creates a buffer between mainframes and modern applications. And Cobalt is still kicking ass. I think that's the problem with techies is we think that things are going to immediately die. Yeah. I'm totally guilty of that. It's never happened. <laughs> no, like, yeah, that's, I, I was reading an article, it was either Washington Post or New York Times, about how a lot, especially financial, huge financial institutions are worried because a lot of the COBOL and like Fortran uh, developers are retiring. And a lot of people are not like, yeah. and so who is going to, you know, you know, really work on these like huge, like you know, mainframe state with all this like you know data and like yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, maybe I should 
There's start. money to be made <laughs> there. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Maybe I can just like hit the books, you know, and then like, you know, two two years from now, I'll be like, I am now a COBOL <laughs> developer. I'm going to work for a couple of years and then retire. <laughs> I think you're onto something there. I do. So what are you most excited about in the next, like your career ev evolution has been awesome. What are you most excited about in the next two, three years? Um, I'm really excited about like, I, I really want to push more into the accessibility space. I really, um, I started getting into it about two years ago. And the more I get into it, the more I become, I, I'm someone who, I'm easygoing and it takes a lot. It's not that I'm like apathetic, but when I'm passionate about, it takes a lot for me to get passionate about something. And this is something I'm very passionate about, about making sure that, pe that everyone has Has access. a chance. Yeah, and two things. And so I, I just, you know, I'm working towards getting that sort of a, a certification. Um, so, you know, I, I would love, maybe at my company to kind of work on some um, skills that work with our uh, with our applications for people with disabilities. So that's what I'm really excited about. Like I'm, you know, <laughs> hopefully like in two years, I'm just like, just doing some really amazing stuff in that space. That's cool. I think you, you touched on something that, that is really interesting and I think might be an element of being a techie because I did a podcast with somebody else and there's this element of um, resilience and grit to really get into it. But also, you have to have a passion about some element of it. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a SharePoint developer, I lost my passion. <laughs> Very quickly. That is not hard to say. <laughs> That's what went wrong. Now I know. Well, Crystal, well, thanks for uh, doing this. This is awesome, awesome location. <laughs> if you're in downtown Denver, you have to visit this place or you ever come down here. Um, but this was great. Episode 9, I, like I said, I think episode 10, I'm going to sit by myself at a bar and recap everything. And this, yes. is, this, is, this is my favorite location so far. Some Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> yeah, kind of. It will be a bourbon bar. I already know where it is. And I will do a whiskey flight, but I don't know. So thank you so much for doing Thank you for having me.